Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This podcast is a proud member of the FanHub 100. Football without fans is nothing, so we've partnered with FanHub to put fans first. Search FanHub app to play your part in the journey. You're listening to the Voices of the Vic podcast with Ben Ayton and Mike Duffy. This episode contains some strong language. Hello and welcome to the Voices of the Vic podcast with me, Mike Duffy, Ben Ayson and James Batchelor. Dilly ding, dilly dong, I think is the best way to, uh, to start the podcast. We'll, uh, we'll talk about that in a little bit and you'll probably get that reference. Um, you'll probably understand that reference as well. Uh, but before we, we start everything Watford FC, the, the, the circus uh, that is Watford FC, um, as I say, I am joined by Ben and James. Ben? Other than result aside, how's your weekend been, buddy? You've waited to say dilly ding, dilly dong all <laughs> evening, haven't you? You've been, you've been, you've had it written down, and you said I can't wait to use this. And it's I'm, di- I'm gonna, I'm gonna use it early on, and you've literally done it within first ten seconds. Of fair it was James's idea, to be fair. He said it oh, on Instagram. It? <laughs> gotcha. All right, but yeah, I'm all good, boys. All good. Um, it's been a, it's been a mental twenty four hours, hasn't it? On social oh, yeah. media, um, we've had the usual non Watford fans giving their opinions on Watford and it's quite laughable isn't it really it yeah. didn't take long for Gary Lineker to have his opinion oh, and mate, Michael Owen um, Michael, Michael Owen Jesus Christ what a twat <laughs> <laughs> I did not expect that from James oh wow he's, he's, he's got some cheat though hasn't he he, like, has, he has he has yeah. saying about loyalty and that. he played for Manchester United and he, he grew up <laughs> in Liverpool it's, like, yeah. it's an absolute joke but yeah I'm all good boys started my Christmas shopping yesterday so I'm one yes. up on you boys I imagine so yeah I had to start I leave it too late every year mate it gets to December yeah, and I'm skint so I've got a, to try and like there's a fine eat. line Ben it's October it's October, yeah, but it's only like it's only only got two more pays left before Christmas. So I, I'm yeah. normally skint for Christmas, so if I, <laughs> if I do a bit now, bit November, bit December, then I've got a bit more money for alcohol. Ah, like you thinking, ah, yeah, like exactly. 
Well, it sounds how, how, how are you doing, mate? Anyway, first away day yesterday. I yeah, you mate. Wish you missed it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, result aside, it, it was good. Um, just good to be back, you know. Um, the first away game since Villa, uh, when, again, sort of wish I wasn't there. Uh, first game since the Everton 3-2 home loss, again. Wish I wasn't there as well, but... Um, yeah, I'm, I'm probably a bit of a bad luck charm with Watford at the moment. I've, I'm not going to another game till Arsenal away, guys, so don't worry. You can go to the rest of the games up until then um, and we might get something. But no, look, mate, it, it was really, really good to be there again. Um, it, it didn't it didn't feel weird. I was expecting it to feel weird, like, uh, can I have your, um, you know, COVID passport and all this? But it was just as you were sort of thing and... Leeds is a proper old school ground. I've not been there for, I think, what, 16 years, I think I worked it out. Uh, although my old man, we were in the car on the way there and he seems to think that we went after 2005-06 season, but I couldn't think when. Um, but yeah, no, it was good to be back, mate. Good to soak up the atmosphere. Uh, just a shame we couldn't sort of cheer on a win. Um, good to see familiar faces and uh, on, on that note as well, I must say, um, you know, I, I met one of our listeners, uh, George White. So, George, if you're listening, it was good to meet, uh, good to chat at halftime, buddy. Uh, but, yeah, no, it was it was good to be back. Um, I am aching a little bit today, uh, not from supporting Watford. It's not that painful, <laughs> luckily. Uh, I, I played in 11 a side today, and I, I just said to the manager, I was like, look, I'll sub up. I've, I'm in no fit state to be playing any sort of lengthy time and due to injuries I, have to, I had to play the last 20 minutes at, in CDM uh, and run my absolute bollocks off so uh, I'm aching a little bit now I dread to think what I feel like in the morning uh, but yeah and it's my brother's birthday as well so I'm a bit stuffed we uh, we had dominoes and I uh, I went all out so yeah uh, it's it's all a bit crazy weekends it's um, yeah and, and then with everything Watford to uh, to add on top of it. So, yeah, uh, crazy, crazy times at the moment. James, how's your weekend been, buddy? No, it's just been a bit meh, really. Just pretty much been dominated by <laughs> oh, negativity. Oh, cheer up, within. James. <laughs> yeah, sorry, my life's not as exciting as you guys. But, but no, it's, it's just been a bit... It's not been very exciting. The weather's been awful. Disco's yeah. been sacked. Ranieri's coming in. Let you know. Let's get straight into this load of shite. <laughs> you've <laughs> you've not wasted any time there whatsoever. I was going to slowly ease into the fact that Cisco was sacked and Ranieri was looking like coming in, and you've just gone straight in there, no messing about. Um, you are right though, James. We do need to start somewhere. We 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 do need to talk about the absolute monstrosity that was. Watford won, Leeds United, uh, well, I wish, Leeds United won, Watford nil, sorry. Um, now, as always, we start with the team news. We obviously didn't know what was going to, you know, what what was going to go on with the team news. Was Sierra Elta going to come back in? What was the midfield going to look like? Uh, was Foster going to keep his place or was Backman going to come back in? Um, we, we made, I think we made two changes in total. So the team lineup was Foster was in goal, so he kept his place. It was a back four of uh, Danny Rose, Sierra Elta, Trooster Kong, and Feminia. So Sierra Elta come back in for Craig Cathcart. A midfield three of Kushka, Tufan, and Sissoko. So a, a first league start for Ozan Tufan. And then a front three of Ishmael Asar, Josh King and Emmanuel Dennis. Now, James, on paper, 
I think that was probably the best team we could have gone for. And I was really, really excited to see what this team could do going up against a lead side who, before the match, hadn't won a game yet and were probably a bit low on confidence. Oh, yeah, I, I absolutely agree with that. I mean, you look at that team, you know, pretty much all the calls that, that fans were making on social media, Zisco made, you know, two fan in to, to make his first start. He looked really good against Newcastle, second half. And then, obviously, Francisco Serialta coming in coming in for Craig Cathcart. And, you know, looking looking at that team, you'd think that would have enough to at least, you know, give Leeds a decent game. <laughs> obviously, it didn't turn out to be that way. But, you know, going into that game, I was very, very positive. Probably... The only change I may have made was bringing Kuchka Corral and, you know, if, if Loser was available, maybe bringing him in. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think Kuchka's looked quite slow and sluggish in recent weeks. And, you know, I felt he'd maybe struggle with that Leeds press. Um, but, yeah, as I said, overall, very, very happy with that. And, you know, I expected us to be, you know, to be a lot better than we, than we were. Yeah, Ben. Obviously, Sierra coming in for for Craig Kafkart. There, you've you've spoke uh, about Craig Kafkart. Yeah, I think you put a tweet out on your personal account. <laughs> um, how glad was you to see Sierra come back in, and then with the midfield as well? Is that the midfield that you would have chose? Uh, I don't think we can really do anything with our midfield at the moment. I think we might as well not play anyone in midfield for how anonymous they all are, especially against Newcastle. Then yesterday was even worse. Uh, but yeah, still we have to, as our best defender at the club, so he has to start. So I was, I was happy that he was back in. I think I was just more relieved that Craig Cathcart wasn't starting. Nothing against him, but he's, he's been poor the last few games, and I couldn't think of anything worse for him to start again and just watch his performance go downhill as well, because I don't want that to happen to him. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I, when I saw that starting lineup, I was like, okay, this is something I can work with. I thought we can get, you know. We can come away with a point here, and um, that that's what I would have taken before the game. Uh, <laughs> unfortunately, it looked as if, as good as the team looks, the Watford team didn't actually get the memo of, OK, lads, we need to turn up here. Um, it, it was absolutely horrendous. James, I know you watched the game. Um, mm. I think it was early on. I think Foster was called into action. He made a, a double save down low, and then kicked it away with his feet and I thought oh gosh this is very very early pressure it was very you know very easy for Leeds to get through as well um, and then 19 minutes on the clock corner comes in and Lorente free as a bird knocks it past Foster and 1-0 to Leeds and it, it was what they deserved and an early goal really really killed us didn't it Oh, absolutely. Great cross by Rafinha as well. Foster come out, you know, flapping as he, as he usually does. He didn't really know where he was, what he was doing. You know, Lorente just gets a foot on it. And yeah, you know, 1-0 to Leeds. Thoroughly deserved at that point. They had complete, you know, they completely dominated the game. You know, their high press was, was working so, so well. You know, we didn't have an answer for them. And, you know, scrappy goal, but, you know, of our own doing, really. Ben Foster, again, um, not doing himself much credit, but, you know, the whole, the, the team as a whole really has to take the blame for that. Should have closed Rafinha down um, quicker. You know the quality that, that he's got and, and how good he is at crossing. And, you know, Lorente, of course, he, he's just come back from, from injury and, and yeah, he, he scores to, to send Leeds 1-0 up. Yeah, and really not an ideal start in terms of, you know, needing to get something from this game with with the games that we've got coming up, and obviously going into an international break. Ben, do you think that 
that's that's what killed us for the rest of the game because I was there, James was watching, and I'm sure everyone else that was watching or was there can agree that we just looked so disjointed. Do you think that early goal was the major factor or do you think there was more to it or what what are your thoughts to to going down so early and then that's sort of setting the tempo for the rest of the game because it really really was horrendous like misplaced passes just no confidence the midfield I mean I'll talk about the midfield in a minute but yeah Ben what's your thoughts on it I just think we weren't set up right for it I think Foster said in his interview after the game that what they what they wanted to do is what they just didn't manage to do and couldn't get in anywhere near Leeds and I just it just made you think well what if you worked on all week and you can't you can't transition it into an actual match day like come on you get paid for this you, you're professional footballers you should be able to turn it on when that um, whistle goes at, at the start of a match Leeds wanted it more um, they their pressing killed us I don't think we we handled it very well. Um, every time we received the ball in midfield, there was about three Leeds players already gunning them down, and we we was hurried into making passes, and then we was getting caught out. Like for example, just before um, Leeds scored, I think Sissoko played like a, a ball back to Truce Econ, and Truce Econ was like in two minds whether to come for it or not, and then he just stuck a foot out in there, and it just it just. We didn't look comfortable from the moment that first whistle um, went off. I I didn't watch the game. Um, I was I've watched back the highlights, but I was watching it on Sky Sports News and Michael Dawson was just saying that Watford were atrocious and Watford were being battered and he couldn't believe that it was only one nil. Um, Leeds just looked so much more superior to Watford and the hunger and it was like we we was talking. And just before we came on air, and I was saying it looked like the players they they weren't playing for Cisco at all. Um, everything Cisco implemented into this squad last season to give like the feel factor and bring back the fun energy and make everyone play for each other that was completely disappeared for the last few appearances. And yesterday was just atrocious. It was it was so poor. I, I feel for all those travelling fans that went up to Leeds yesterday and and watched that. I'm I'm just probably thankful that it wasn't a Man City performance because um, imagine if we were playing Man City yesterday that could have been double figures oh, mate honestly they just cut through us as if we weren't there like James you, you know we, we we saw obviously that goal I think the, the next reaction that we probably saw was when two fans sort of sent his shot over uh, in the 30th minute and to be honest I don't think two fans had a good game at all like he might have done well against Newcastle, and he might have done well against Stoke, but I, I just, he disappeared for me, and it, it was just that midfield. James was getting like ran through complete too easily. Like it was so obvious to see, even for me in a crowd who's a spectator. I, I'm I'm not a professional football manager or a professional football coach, but the fact of the matter is, they were sort of in, inferior to us um, they'd outnumbered us in midfield and it was so obvious to see that we just needed another body in midfield like how easy was that midfield getting overrun yesterday James? I think we've been having this conversation for, for a few weeks now but you know looking at the rest of the squad and the other options we have in them positions you know are, is Tom Cleverley and, and Dan Gosling going to perform any better than, you know, Ozan Tufan or Musa Zizoko or, or Kuchka. 
I don't think so. And really, the midfield three you saw um, against Leeds, you'd argue, is the most talented midfield three we have. And, you know, so that, you know, Tuchka and Tufan especially, they seem to, you know, drift off, you know, in, in random positions. I know Kuchka come really far over to the left at one point, almost playing as a winger. Yeah. Two fans almost playing as a shadow striker. And then you've got Suzoko in midfield, who's trying to mark, you know, two or three players. And, you know, as good as a player as Suzoko is, he, he cannot do it all on his own. And it is it is an issue. But, you know, hopefully a new manager will come in and, and fix that, either, you know, with different personnel, personnel or, or a change in formation. Because... You know, as you say, it is something that needs to be addressed. But I do think we do have the quality there. Um, we, we, of course, we have the quality there to, to make it work. But it just under Zisco's system in the in the past couple of weeks, especially, it just wasn't working at all. Yeah, it's definitely down to the system, isn't it? Because yeah. it, it's it's clearly not worse. Ever since we've been promoted to the Premier League, we've really lacked not having Will Hughes in that midfield. And yeah. and since then we've tried different personnel into that position. We've we've seen Itubu there. We've seen Kuska go back there. We've seen Sissoko sitting a bit deeper to try and help out. It's just not worked. And when things like that aren't working, you have to change the system. You have to try something different. And I think Cisco's just been really stubborn, and he hasn't wanted to change it. Yeah, I I mean yesterday, you know the uh, not yes, uh, yeah yeah yesterday my. My head's on its arse at the moment. I don't know what day it is. Um, but yeah, it's um, it, it was so obvious to see that that midfield three just was not working. There was a stage where I thought, you know what? Take two fell off, put Tom Cleverley on. You know what Tom Cleverley's going to do. Yes, he's had a couple of games this season where he's not been at his best. But you can almost guarantee one thing with Tom Cleverley. He will run and run and run and run and chase down Near enough every lost cause, he'll press, and that is what we lacked yesterday. I would have actually taken cleverly, uh, sorry, too far off and put, put cleverly on because you just know he's going to chase the ball down. And that's we just needed someone that was going to do that in that midfield yesterday. James, I think you said it before the game, you, you didn't think that Leeds was the type of game that Kushka should have been playing. I completely agree. Yeah. He, was, he, he wasn't in the game for me. Like you said, he was, you know out of position too many times and he, he just he went missing for me as well that that whole midfield did it just looks so disjointed I mean obviously you, you said there um, you know hopefully we might see a different system if Ranieri does come in which is looking very 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 possible what do you think he should change it to or, or yeah but so here's a question based on the current midfield that we have what system would you play in midfield it's it's a it's a tricky one, isn't it? I, I I'm not I'm not sure. I don't I don't really want to go to the four four two just because I think that's outdated. Maybe mm-hmm. m- maybe play with two sitting midfielders. Maybe have Kuchka and Sizoko sitting, but but they're actually told to sit and, and not drive forward. And then as an as an attacking midfielder, maybe you play a, a Pedro or a two fan, and that is their role. You know mm-hmm. that is their role to be an attacking midfielder. And then you know that if a team counters on us you have Kuchka and Suzoko sitting there ready to stop these counter-attacks. Whereas against Leeds, against Newcastle, there was no one sitting to stop um, to stop the counter-attacks. You know, Newcastle must have had, you know, three or four fantastic um, counter-attacking opportunities purely because, um, you know, there, there was no one there was no one back to stop them. St. Maximum set through Murphy three or four times. It was just, it was just crazy. So I'd like to see... Um, 
think for me I'd like to see another DM just sitting in there alongside Suzuko. And obviously Peter Atebo would would have done that superbly and, and he's out now for four or five months, so it's it's a really tricky situation. Yeah, Ben, how how much do you think we missed Etebo yesterday? Like it it was just clear we needed someone like him, wasn't it? Yeah, but you could see the quality he he brings to this side when he's played this season. We really missed him and it's unfortunate that he's he's out for up to four to five months now as well. It's a massive blow because uh, for me, he looks like the only one who's capable of actually working well in that midfield. I I, he's the only one that could maybe sit in front of the back four um, and break things up. He was getting stuck in and everything. You could see his determination last week to try and chase down Murphy and he was trying to get back, but unfortunately he, he pulled his his muscle and that's him out for four to five months. But yeah, massive blow to be missing him. And you could tell yesterday and with him being out now, we look so lightweight in that midfield all of a sudden. Um, I'm really... I was chatting earlier to, I think, George White on Twitter and I was saying after yesterday's performance and against Newcastle, I'm actually really worried for the rest of this season. I know we've we've made a change in that and we're going to be bringing in Ranieri, but I'm not convinced there's three worst sides of Watford at the moment in the Premier League, especially with our midfield. I know you two have just gone on and said about we do have quality in that midfield. Mm-hmm. I've not seen it this season. Um, so I'm not going to say we've got quality in that midfield. I'm, I'm a bit dubious about Sissoko. I don't think that he, he's the right player that we needed. I don't think he was the defensive midfielder that we needed. I don't think he's filled a hole. I think he's, he might have even added to their problems because you've got a quality player coming in, but he he's not the player we needed at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, Kuska, we've brought in an over, a guy who's coming to the always the end of his career, isn't he? He's had a fantastic debut against Villa, but what's he done since then? Absolutely nothing. Uh, Itubo's probably the only shining player out of that midfield at the moment as well. And, We've we've sent out Tom Delhi out on loan um, to Reading. If 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 I was Watford, I'd be looking to bring him back because I think he is the bit of quality that you might need in that Watford midfield. Um, I'd even look at Lincoln Eagle as well because we can't create chances in this midfield. I'm really really worried for the rest of this season. And and if it carries on like this and we've not improved, I see us getting relegated. Yeah, Whoa, that's I, that's a big call from Ben. That 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 is a big call from Ben. Um, I mean, I and also I don't just see us getting relegated. This is a massive, massive appointment that what uh, the Pozzos have got to do, Gino and Scott. This has to be spot on. If this isn't spot on, Watford are in big, big trouble because we'll end up getting relegated. Remember, last time we got relegated, we had a good clutch of players who could probably stick around in the championship and maybe get us back up we're not going to have that good quality players to get us back up we're going to be losing sight at the end of the season I just don't see it I just think this appointment has to be spot on because if Watford don't get it right and don't stay up this season I don't think Watford could possibly bounce back next season yeah uh, it, it is a big call to make it's so early on and you know obviously you've got your reasons to think why, why we might be sought I personally think there are three worse teams than Watford at the moment, uh, and I, I think we will just about to get. I, I think we'll just about stay up. Uh, again, I was talking to, to George at the game, and I said I'd snap your hand up at, off at seventeenth, and he said exactly the same as well. Um, but you know, something has to change in terms of the the midfield. We we have to find the right sort of combination in terms of who's going to be playing there because. 
that was the key problem yesterday, as was Trooster Kong's um, overall performance as well. For me, going forward, I would probably change Trooster Kong for Christian Cabaselli, which, you know, I find it a bit mad that I'm saying that because I've always said that, yes, Cabaselli's a good defender, but he's always got a mistake in him. Trooster Kong just doesn't look up to it. He doesn't look like he's fitting in well in the Premier League. He, yeah, there was a couple of, you know, blocks that he made, which probably would have resulted in a goal yesterday. But, oh yeah, I just don't think overall he's he's suited to the Premier League whatsoever. Uh, I know that might sound harsh, but that is genuinely how I feel about, you know, Trooster Kong. Uh, I worry that Sierra Elta as well. Um, he, he needs to make sure his head doesn't drop. Maybe this change of management will will help him. I don't know. He, he might get a new lease of life under Claudio Ranieri. Um, but just going back to the game, um, we, we saw Ben was on about, about uh, losing Etebo uh, for so long. Uh, we lost uh, Josh King yesterday to an injury. Hopefully it's not too long for him. Um, I, I think James said you were watching the replay and it looked like he yeah. possibly jarred his knee in a mm. in an awkward position, uh, which is a shame because you know he's starting to get regular game time and he's starting to look like he's coming alive. He's got two or three assists already. Um, he, he, he looked half decent for the the 45 that he played yesterday. He looked like you know looking to drive forward as much as he could, working off scraps a bit, but. Um, yeah, unfortunately, we were forced into a, a, an early change. I think it was pretty much right before half-time. And, James, this this sub really, really confused me. Josh King come off. Ken Semmer coming on. I'd have, personally, I'd have gone for João Pedro. Uh, but I, I'd imagine the thinking behind that was Ken Semmer comes on, Dennis moves into the, the middle in that number nine role, and then Ken Semmer plays out on the left where he, uh, he did so much last season. But... What was your thoughts when you saw Ken Semmer coming on for Josh King? Because I tell you what, there was a lot of groans around where I was standing yeah. and they couldn't understand why we were bringing Ken on either. So that, so actually, for me at that point, as soon as that substitution was made, you know, I, 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 said, I said on the stream I was doing, I said, you know, that, that is it for Zisco because, you know, when a manager's making substitutions like that, mm-hmm. when no one in their right mind would look to make that substitution. You, you know their you know their time is up. And when you look at the bench and you've got João Pedro or Cucho Hernandez to bring on, and he brings on Ken Semmer, who don't get me wrong, can, can offer something, mm-hmm. but he, he that's not what we needed at that point in the game. We needed some attacking impetus. We needed some unpredictability from our attackers. And you know, it's really not really not what I really not what I wanted to see um, from Zisco. That that was a really really odd substitution. And for me, um, you know, as you said, you know, Pedro, you know, we saw the quality Pedro had last season. You know, the, the championship suited Semmer really really well. Um, but it's clear for everyone to see that Semmer is you know not cut out for this level. You know, similar to, similar to a lot of Watford players, a lot of you know current players in the squad are not cut out for this level. So. Strange substitution. I don't know if Ben agrees with me or not, but I, I was absolutely baffled. Yeah, no, exactly the same as you guys. You would have wanted a, a striker coming on to replace your striker. Mm-hmm. It's throwing in his towel, really, wasn't it, by Cisco? It was such a strange decision. I don't know if he wanted 
Semmer to bring a bit more legs and energy to the side because we were looking very lethargic and couldn't string passes together or we couldn't get close to Leeds. But yeah, it was just strange. Look, especially when you've got like Kushko on the bench, you've got Jao Pedro on the bench, you've got options. It's not like we didn't have a striker on the bench. So yeah, it was just thrown in the towel for Cisco, really. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I, it was it, it was a substitution that baffled me, absolutely. And the however many Watford fans that travelled as well were, were confused as well. Um, went into that the break, 1-0 down uh, at half-time. And well and truly, under the cosh, we had three goal attempts in total, none on target. To Leeds, his 12 goal attempts and three of theirs were on target. 65% possession for Leeds, 35 for Watford. And you're just thinking, surely now... Cisco has to give him some sort of bollocking. You know, I've read an article on the Watford Observer the other day that um, Craig Cathcart said, I think at, the, at half-time in Newcastle games, Cisco sort of went a bit mad at the players and that sort of sprung a, a reaction. Well, I was hoping for a similar thing to happen in the changing rooms at Ellen Road at half-time yesterday, but it, it just didn't seem to be the case. We, we come out second half and, like, Usually you think, okay, second half, you know, they've they've had a talking, so let's sort of get the ball down and settle. But it was just more of the same in the second half. Um, a couple more substitutions were made. We saw Tufan come off yesterday um, for João Pedro, and he come on. And James, I think, firstly, I think Tufan had a poor game, uh, but as did everyone. And secondly, I don't think João Pedro really got got into the game yesterday it was it was a real struggle for him to sort of get into it wasn't it well that was my view anyway yeah well to, to be honest I don't want to you know pick out anybody individually individually just purely because everybody was so bad you know may, yeah. uh, apart from Danny Rose the whole team was absolutely abysmal um, but Pedro I think I think for him it might just be more of a fitness issue obviously mm. um, he's been injured for, for, for such a long he's been injured for such a long time He's not played a lot of football. He, he got his first, you know, half an hour against Newcastle, and, and that's all he's played since since May, really, of, of top flight football. So, I think Pedro, it might be more of a more of a legs issue and, and getting back up to back back up to speed in in the Premier League rather than anything else. Um, but but as you said, it's it's still disappointing. You know, he's a player you want to come on and create something. You know, we've got high hopes for him. You know, hopefully he can go on and, and be better than somebody like Richarlison. You know, he can he can really be whatever he wants to be. Um, but yeah, yesterday, as you said, not great from from Jean Pedro at all. No, uh, and and then you know we we're forced into um, forced into another change. 70 minutes on the clock, and Francisco Sierra went down injured. A terrible, terrible. I don't know whether it was miscommunication on Fozzie's part or Sierra's part, but. One of them just needed to either clear the ball or come and get the ball. And then in the end, Sierra put it out and then went down and it looked like he did his hammy and he he went off and Christian Cabaselli come on. Um, Ben, Francisco Sierra's first game back. Um, Do do you think that his confidence will slowly be getting better with the the more games on that he's getting? Or or do you think it's going to take him maybe a little bit longer to get back to the form that we... We, we knew he had last season. 
I think it might might take a little bit longer to get back to the form that if we saw him last season, especially with him going off yesterday. I think he picked up a little injury, didn't he? Was it another muscle injury that he picked up yesterday? That's why he was subbed by Cabaselli. So I don't know if that's going to be him out for a couple of weeks now as well. So that's unfortunate for him. But um, it, it was good to see him back. I just hope that under Ranieri, he can get the best out of him. Um, mm-hmm. But in the meantime, I think Christian Cabaselli has to has to take his place um, over over Craig Cathcart anyway I think it's going to have to be a, cap, a partnership of Cabaselli and William Truce Econ I know you wouldn't ideally want Truce Econ starting Mike but I don't think we've got anyone else to come in for him at the moment we haven't no we sent Matty Pollock out on loan to Cheltenham and I, listen I, I don't, I've not watched any of the Cheltenham games but going off the results they've been tanked a couple of times since he's joined so I don't know if that's a re- true reflection on his performances but we in terms of defence, we we are really light at the moment, you know. I wouldn't necessarily play Cathcart, as you say. Uh, but at the same time, I, I don't really want William Trustacong to be starting because, you know, I, I just think that yesterday... J- James, obviously you watch the game. But do you think I'm being too harsh on Trustacong or do you see where I'm coming from? Or what? what's your view on, on his performance yesterday? Because for me, it, it, it was just so, so poor. Uh, I, I do see where you're coming from. I still don't want to go down singling out individual players, as I said, because, you know, everybody was so bad. Um, but I think for me, you know, Nigeria captain, he's what, 27, 28, experienced player. I do want a lot more from him. You know, when when he joined the club, you know, I, I didn't really know what to expect. In the championship, he was good. I thought he was a really good partner for, for Syria but... You know, this season, he, he panics on the ball. Distribution is really not great. I think the communication with Foster as well needs to be worked on because there seems to be, you know, very often miscommunication there. Um, so, yeah, I, I do agree with you. But, you know, we, we could talk, we could sit here for 20 minutes and discuss every player's performance yesterday and, and pick out every single <laughs> yeah. mistake they made because, you know, it was so it was so bad. It really, really yeah. was. Yeah, that's re- quite interesting. Do you reckon that the... The defence aren't comfortable with Foster being in goal and Foster's not comfortable with the defence in front of him. It seems like they they both don't have confidence within each other, especially just looking at the goal that we conceded yesterday. Foster coming and flapping, just leaving it for like Trucy Econ to like head it clear and it just went over his head and then Foster being in no man's land and then passes going back to Foster going out wide. It just looks like there's not much understanding between the the centre-backs and the goalkeepers at the moment. Uh, do you know what I, I think, and funnily enough, I didn't know this one, uh, until I was watching James's uh, live stream just before we started recording that he did, and he read out a little snippet from the Watford website when the, um, they'd put the announcement out, and they said that something along the lines of they didn't want any anything bad to start setting in, so they've acted early. Whether that points to maybe there's there's a bit of I don't know, bad morale behind the scenes at the club. So confidence is low at the moment, possibly the case. You know, you've seen all these idiots that aren't Watford fans that are saying, oh my God, you know, Watford are on seven points after seven games, are 14th or whatever it is in the league, and they're sacking the manager. How dare they? They don't see the bigger picture. Like, uh, this is what frustrates me. The amount of messages I've personally had from friends I can't believe Watford have sacked another manager. Why have you done this and all that? And I'm just like, mate, come on, like, I, I could. It, it'll take too long to explain numerous re- reasons why. Um, 
but yeah, um, I don't know. I, I I think Foster's experience enough, and you know he's not afraid to dish out a few bollockings if he has to. And I, I don't know whether he, I, I I would be buying the excuse of he's not comfortable with his defence because it's largely the same defence that he would have been playing with last season before he uh, before he lost his number one spot. So it is an interesting one to 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 see what's going to happen going forward. Does Ranieri bring Backman back in? Does he stick with Foster? Does he go with Rob Elliott? Who knows? Nah. Uh, but yeah, it, it, it is an interesting one to, to keep an eye on, definitely. Um, but I, yeah, I I think Foster's experienced enough to to be you know comfortable playing with with any defence really. And I, I I know one thing's for sure: it probably wouldn't help him if we keep chopping and changing that defence like I'm suggesting that we do. But um, yeah, I I don't know personally. I I, I think he should be more comfortable if anything because he's he's played with those defenders before it's not like the midfield where we've pretty much completely changed it he's used to that defense so i i don't know whether i'd i'd have that as an excuse but um going back to the game we obviously you know christian cabaselli come on uh, and he was right in the thick of it when we thought we'd equalised like massively against a run of play. 74 minutes on the clock. Meslier, I think that's the goalkeeper's name for Leeds. Um, he dropped the ball, like, unchallenged. Nobody touched him. Corner comes in. He's dropped it. Cabaselli has gone into the box. It's all been a bit of a scramble. Next thing you know, we see it hits someone and it goes in the back of the net. I start celebrating like a madman. First thing I do, which is boring now and really annoys me because we're in the Premier League and VAR and all that. First thing I do after celebrating is look at Simon Hooper, the referee. I see him signalling for Sonny. I have to stop my celebrating, tell my old man, actually, it looks like he's given offside, which I don't know. Like I thought he'd given offside to start with. It then transpires he'd given a foul. We all thought, surely he's not given that for a foul on the goalkeeper because the goalkeeper literally dropped it. We could see that from where we were sat. Um, and then he, he went to VAR and I was hoping they were going to overturn it, um, but they didn't. Now, James, you were watching the game. Do, do you see why he's given that as a foul or are you as baffled as every other Watford fan? Oh, I'm just, I'm as baffled as anyone else is. I'm, I was really, really, I was just, I was confused watching it because when I'm, when I'm doing these watch-longs on YouTube, um, I don't have the commentary on. So I'm purely oh, going right. based on, I'm purely going based on the video and, and, and what we, what we're watching. Um, you know, I, I really don't think Cabba fouled the Leeds player. If, if anything, it was, it's, a, you know, a very minor tussle between them. I think Cabba, Cabba kind of went down and, and, you know, I, I say dragged the Leeds player with him. He didn't really drag him. He just they they, they just kind of tripped over each other. Mm. But I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily call it a foul. And you know, the goal really for me should have stood. However, I'm actually kind of glad the goal didn't stand because it would have just completely papered over um, the abysmal performance. You know, awful performance. And if that goal had gone in, you know, would we be sitting here today talking about Zisco going? I do not know. So, um, you know, the goal should have stood, but. You know, then again, you know, if if the goal did go in, you know, would we still be with Cisco going into these next few difficult fixtures? If the goal had had stood and we had somehow managed to keep it, keep it going until the final whistle, I'd have been gloating all the way from Ellen Road to the car park. Let me tell you that <laughs> for free. Like, I, I would have been. It, it just would have been the biggest act of shit and the biggest 
sort of scenario of daylight robbery you would ever see in your entire life. Like, we would not have deserved it whatsoever. Ben, what's your take on it? Can you see why he's given it? Did you watch it extra closely or did you? are you just as baffled? Um, looking back on it, match of the day, match of the day and presenters thought it was a stonewall penalty and I can't believe it wasn't given. But I think the ref, he didn't give it because he didn't give a penalty and he evened it out, didn't he? I hate that saying, evening it out. It's, I think it's absolutely bollocks. You, you can't even things out. If you've missed something further on, you don't try and redeem it further down the line. Just just manage your game to your best of your abilities. Um, I think it's a cop-out when people say, oh, they've evened it out. Fuck off. Um, but it, it it was a penalty. Um, Cabaselli was getting pulled left, right, and centre. There was a hand round his waist. He was pulling on the shirt. He was pulling Cabaselli down, and then the legs got tangled. And then he, he gave a foul the opposite way. It was just bollocks. When you said it was a penalty to start with, I, I genuinely thought you might have got mixed up. I I haven't even thought about the fact that it could have been a penalty to us. I, I was just so confused as to why. Simon Hooper's not given that goal. I, I, it's very, very interesting to hear that. I've not watched the game back as you probably expect because it was shite. But um, I, I did not expect, you know, much of the day pundits to be saying they thought it should have been a penalty. I, w- w- I was in dreamland for like 30 seconds until I saw that it was disallowed. But as I've said, it wouldn't have been warranted. It would have papered over cracks. Yes, we would have had a uh, one point more than we do now providing we would have hung on I don't think we would have because it was an absolute onslaught for the rest of it but yeah he it wasn't to be um, I think that pretty much summed up our performance on the day and then the rest of the game how leads how we only kept it at 1-0 like that scoreline does not reflect like how the game went whatsoever if you're just a neutral you're scrolling through the scores you say oh Leeds only beat Watford 1-0 today. I thought they might do better than that. Like you, you could genuinely look at that without knowing anything about the game of it. Oh, Watford only just lost 1-0. Like, that was not the case. We were absolutely battered. And that final whistle took an eternity to come. And, yeah, Bernie, it's just... I think the more frustrating thing is, obviously, you never want to see your team play that badly, ever. That's the worst performance I can think I've seen for a long, long time. But the fact of the matter is, Leeds hadn't won a game all season. And we just turned up and rocked up and was like, I tell you what, lads, you can have this one. Like We, we just ain't going to try today. You've not won. We've won twice. You can have this one. We, I, I just, I have no words for how badly we played. Like, And at the end of the game, I think Cisco said that he, he doesn't think it was the worst performance we've we've put in this season, which again, shocked me, um, because I know we've had, we had that monstrosity at Brighton, um, and we had a really bad performance last week, and we're perhaps lucky to come away with a point against Newcastle, but Ben, how, how bad, just sum up, how bad was it yesterday, like, is that probably the worst, would you actually say this is the worst performance you've seen so far this season, or, or perhaps not? It's definitely up there with the Brighton game, but Brighton game, there was a bit of a glimmer of hope when Josh King came on and we were actually yeah. trying to change it and we had a bit more attacking intent. Yesterday, like you boys were saying to me before we started recording, that last 10 minutes, 
it's like they didn't bother. They weren't running around the field. Um, you would throw the kitchen sink at trying to get back into the game, wouldn't you? You'd push people forward. You'd make substitutions. Um, it, it was just really poor. And the, the Cisco's days were numbered, weren't they, really, at the end of it? You can't carry on having poor performances in the Premier League, especially when you're Watford head coach, because you just know that the pressure's going to be on you. But... To be fair, he only had himself to blame. Performances at Brighton's been poor. Tottenham wasn't great. Wolves at home wasn't great. Newcastle was really, really poor. And then yesterday's performance was the worst of a bunch. Um, really poor. And if it carried on, um, I'm just glad Watford made a change now. Um, they could have easily car- carried on and waited and waited for that tough run coming, which we know, but they've. they've They've fatted on it quick. Um, they've done it in an international break. I know it's not going to be great because players are going to be away uh, with international teams and that, so you can't really properly work on systems or personnel and try and fix everything over two weeks. It's going to be difficult, but I'm just glad they've acted upon it now instead of waiting for a defeat against Liverpool, which probably would have been a really heavy defeat against Liverpool if Cisco was in charge. Um, so yeah, just happy that it, it, the change was made now. And like James says, I'm, I'm glad that the goal wasn't allowed as well because it would have just delayed what was going to happen eventually. Yeah, and you know, it, I was going to say if you don't know what we're talking about, Cisco's been sacked. But of course, everybody knows. Everyone in the football world's having their say on it, even non-Watford fans, which you'd expect. But James, Cisco sacked, and not really a surprise to be honest. Um, would you have maybe I'll ask these questions now I might as well would you have sacked him do you think it's the right time or would you have given him maybe a couple more games and then said okay we've given you a couple more games it's really not working out sorry see you later or do you think now like after yesterday that was a perfect time no I think I think it was a perfect time you know why why give Zisco two weeks over the international break then go into Liverpool for us to get battered six or seven nil, it just, we, we beat Liverpool know, at home last season, guys. A couple of seasons ago, guys. Come on, yeah, but yeah, that was, but, was with a manager who could get the best out of the squad. You know, comparatively, looking at the situation we're in now, we've got Liverpool. Then we would have had Everton. You know, both performing very, very well this season. Great game by Liverpool today as well. And then you've got Arsenal, United, Leicester City, Chelsea, Man City. It's just absolutely insane. And actually, what I will say as well is I, d- I also don't expect Claudio Ranieri to do that well either in these first few games. You know, because of the level of teams we have to play in and, you know, United, City, Chelsea, you know, Ranieri might pick up one win in the next month, you know, and, and I would be content with that because whoever we had going into this run, they would have struggled. So I, at least with making the change now, you're giving them the two weeks over the international break to work with some of the players and at least it gives them some time. Whereas with Zisco, you know, why why wait till Liverpool? Why wait till Everton? Just make the change now because it was evident to everyone that it wasn't working. Yeah, and, you know, again, if you've not heard the news, the, the first sort of rumours were, were spouting about was that it was Claudio Ranieri, that, that was one of the names that cropped up. Then it was Diego Martinez, who was uh, coach at Granada, obviously Watford's old sister club. Um, he's been in England for a, a few weeks now. I think I saw a tweet earlier saying suggesting that 
he perhaps actually lives in St Albans uh, as opposed to just visiting England, uh, which is interesting because he previously worked in Spain, so I don't know why he'd move over here unless he's got a job opportunity coming up. But um, I think various, uh, as it stands of, of us recording uh, at Sunday the 3rd of October, 10 past 8 in the evening, um, no official confirmation from the club as of yet. However, two verified Twitter accounts, one being uh, Fabrizio Romino, and I think Gianluca Di, Mar- uh, Di Maurizio, uh, they've both tweeted basically saying that Ranieri to Watford is done. So, James, you've talked a little bit about how you think Ranieri will start off with life. Ben, considering how well he did at Leicester, he then didn't do so well at Fulham and then finished in, I would say, a respectable ninth in Serie A with Sampdoria. What's your... First thoughts, we won't go into detail on this because, you know, it's not officially being confirmed, although we do uh, expect it to be announced sort of either this evening, probably when we finish recording the pods because this, this sort of stuff happens to us or uh, or tomorrow morning. But um, how, what's your initial reaction to Claudio Ranieri coming in as Watford boss? Um, initial reaction was a bit of an underwhelming appointment. I thought... Oh. Claudio Ranieri, but I've, I've let it settle down. I've let it sink in. I thought about it a bit more, and it's we've not got much options out there, is there for Watford? I don't think Watfords are a very attractive um, side to come manage, with, especially with our track record with managers. So I think Claudio Ranieri is probably the best of a bunch that's probably available for Watford at the moment. Um, he is more tactical aware than Cisco, so it's it's a yes from me. Um, I think he could change formations and make us more solid, which Cisco didn't do. And I think you need to adapt to when you're playing against better sides in the Premier League, and we didn't do that um, with Cisco at the helm. So, and I, I do think Claudio Ranieri can bring that to this Watford side. Um, he didn't do great at Fulham. Um, I don't know if that's because of the players that he had at his disposal. Um, they were pretty much dead and buried anyway, Fulham. So I think it was always a difficult post for him to take over at Fulham. Um, but I do think it's possibly a good appointment. Look, we've got a manager who's who's won the Premier League. He's managed Chelsea before. He's vastly experienced all over the game in, in England and Italy. So that's a lot of knowledge that he's going to bring over to Watford as well. And I think that's going to help us. I, I, look what he did with Leicester, with Wes Morgan. Um, he made him turn, I said to you guys earlier, he made him look like he was Maldini at some points. If he can do that with Vielta or True Con, then we're halfway to having a solid defence again and maybe keeping clean sheets and getting these points to stay in the division. I just, the biggest task for Claudio Ranieri is to sort out this system and sort out a midfield. Um, I know he likes to play a 4-4-2, um, so it, it would be interesting to see what he actually does with this Watford squad um, and who is actually going to play in the middle of a part to try and get us out of this rock because it is a sticky rock we're in at the moment. I do feel like this, James has just said about we've made the change now and maybe I think that if Cisco was in charge still coming into the games against Liverpool and Everton, the pressure would be on to Cisco to deliver and get the points. I don't think there'll be as much pressure going into these massive games for Ranieri. Yes, he's new to a job and that and he needs to deliver and gets points, but 
the pressure on him wouldn't have been as intense as it would be on Cisco. So it's fair play to the club that they've made this um, change now. And it looks like it's a good appointment. At least we know the manager. At least he's not from the Georgian league. Um, so I think it's ticking boxes. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think this one, with, with the sort of new manager appointment, I think it was vital that we got someone that's had experience in the Premier League. We, we, we're so used to going for managers from unknown leagues and unknown managers. That's all well and good, providing it works out. But in the Premier League, you just cannot do that. Like, you're just dosing with death. death you're pissing in the wind a little bit. And it's, it's just not good. I mean, I'm just looking at Claudio Ranieri's record here. He's managed uh, Cagliari, Napoli, Fiorentina, Valencia, Atletico Madrid, Chelsea, Valencia again, Parma, Juventus, Roma, Inter Milan, Monaco, Greece, Leicester, um, Nantes, Fulham, Roma again, and um, and Sampdoria. So, you know, there's a... Um, and, and before he's taken this job as well, I've seen that the Italian um, press are reporting that he has had offers from other Italian jobs before Watford have came in for him as, as well. So there's been offers on the tables from other Italian um, sides um, because he left Sampdoria in the summer um, after his contract expired. So it, it sounds like he's been waiting for a new, fresh challenge and Watford looked like that. It's the opportunity for him to come back over to England and get his teeth back into the best league and in the world, um, it looked like he could have he could have taken clubs um, opportunities over in Italy and joined them, but it, it looks like he wants to come back over to England. Absolutely, and James, I know you said you don't think he'll start his Watford sort of managerial career well. Um, a, is there a reason for that? And B, do you think he'll keep us up ultimately? Um. I think I think the reason he won't start well is not due to him. I think it's just due to the unfortunate run of fixtures we've got. So, you know, Liverpool, you know, I'd, I'd expect him to lose that. Everton, I'd expect him to, you know, possibly lose that. And, you know, it's, it's, it's just frustrating that, you know, should Disco have even started this season? You know, should we have brought someone in at the beginning of this season? That, that's my question. But... Ranieri, what's my thoughts on him? You know, as as Ben said, at least it's not someone from like the Icelandic second division. It's it's someone, <laughs> it's someone we recognise. It's someone who ultimately, you know, did fantastically well with Leicester, lifting lifting the Premier League with them. What I would say is though, is he doesn't have N'Golo Kante, Riyad Mahrez, or Jamie Vardy at Watford. He's got Musa Sissoko, Josh King, and João Pedro. So that's what he's got to work with. Equally as good. Um, Equally as good, of course, of mm-hmm. course. Um, that's what it's got to work with. I, I'm much more positive than than I was yesterday. I, I, I was, I'll say that. So hopefully he can come in. And he is also, like Zisco, a really, really nice guy. And, you know, being a nice person, you know, can can get you quite a long way. Um, obviously, you do need some tactical now, and that's what Zisco lacked. But, you know, it's, it's glad to see we're also recruiting people with, with the right personalities. Dilly ding, dilly dong. <laughs> just, to, uh, just to play devil's advocate a little bit there, you said that you worry that he's starting, you know, you're worried about his run that he's yep. sort of faced with straight away. You not think that the experience he's got with managing the big teams, he's used to playing these big teams anyway. 
you know, he's managed one of them. He's managed Chelsea, so he'll know how things run at big teams. And I'd imagine he's probably got a few tricks up his sleeve in terms of how to play against big, bigger teams. And he's done it with Leicester. He's done it with Fulham. Uh, he's probably done it in the Champions League when he's managed abroad as well. So, I, for me, I don't. I'm not as worried in terms of the fact of who he's got to play. Yeah, they're not ideal. That November run is hideous. Like anyone would struggle in that. But I, I think that his experience of managing bigger clubs and managing in the Prem as well will help him prepare for that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Is, is, is that not something that might have crossed your mind? Or, or do you just think that coming into it, he's got one hell of a baptism of, baptism of fire? I just think that... I... I just, I still think it's a really awkward time. You know, any manager, whether it's Pep Guardiola, Gurgen Klopp, whoever it is, if they join this Watford side and they look at that run they've got, you know, it's, it's always going to be tough. And, and I, and honestly, with the fan base we've got and how quickly people turn, we could get <laughs> to the end of that run. We could win no games, and then hit, people would be calling for Ranieri to go. So I think everyone just needs to take a moment reassess the situation and just be patient because you know it's going to be a long old season and we've just got to stick with you know we've got to stick with Ranieri hope he can um you know he needs to get the players to to run for a start because as we said that last 10 minutes was was absolutely mm-hmm. abysmal we need to get the desire back the passion back he needs to get them to run around and then once you've got that baseline of passion desire and work rate then you can start to you know implement um, his tactical system, you know, that Southampton game for me is is what I'm pinpointing yeah. you know, as a really as a really vital game. Everton as well, um, but Southampton, you know, hopefully by then he's had enough time to work with the team, get his system implemented, and then we can really see what 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 he's all about. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, that that's pretty much it in terms of the the game itself and the the managerial changes we we literally could have done a whole pod just talking about the news of Cisco leaving and Claudio Ranieri sort of joining um we did get a little bit of a telling off whilst we've been recording on Instagram from one of our followers saying when we popped the tweet out saying that Claudio Ranieri's agreed to be new Watford manager. And we got a little bit of a telling off saying, please don't announce these sort of things until the club has done it, please. Uh, so we are really, really, really sorry about doing that. And it won't happen again. Um, Jesus. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, what we're going to do did is you, we're going to... Did you, see, did you see the people who wanted Troy Deeney to be the manager? <laughs> I've not seen any tweets like that. I, have people been suggesting that? Oh, yeah, mate. Oh, oh gosh. Oh, I love Troy. Everyone knows that, but just know. <laughs> um, what we're going to do is we're going to finish off the pods with questions. We, we've not done this for a while. Um, and we, we've only got a few, to be fair. But uh, we've not done this for a while in terms of questions. We just haven't had the time to do, you know, everything's been a bit manic. So uh, we've, we've, we asked you guys for some questions earlier. And... Um, I, one of the questions as well was uh, John asked me. John Parslow asked me if I'd take the uh, if I'd be interested in taking the Watford job because he goes, didn't you say on your last pod that you coached your team to a two 0 win? Uh, and the he was like, what are you doing the 16th? Uh, I would like to put it out there that I am now officially out of the running of the Watford FC job. Uh, I, I wish the very best to the candidate that is successful in, in getting the job. Uh, but yeah, thanks for uh, thanks for everyone. Uh, that 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 said, maybe me. Um, but no, 
George White, as I say, I was speaking to him yesterday. He said the transfer window was not great. You can't blame him for that um, in terms of Cisco. How much responsibility must the owner and Duxbury take for the mess we are in? James, do you think that Duxbury and um, the Potsos did the did some good business. I mean, personally, and, you know, I, I don't want to sort of argue too much with what George is saying, because, like I say, we had a very good chat yesterday, but um, I actually think that in terms of the transfer window, we did our business early, and we addressed areas, I think, that needed addressing. The only grudge I would have is that I would have gone for another centre-back as well. But, James, do you think that the owners are to blame with their recruitment this season and that's ultimately played into the hands of why Cisco's not been doing very well or do you think that's a load of rubbish and you think it's just Cisco not doing very well? I, I think we're spot on there, Mike. I think George, um, you know, not not just George, but a lot. I've seen a lot of Watford fans say the exact same thing, actually. I think it's... I think it's quite reactionary just because, you know, we were sitting here, you know, four or five weeks ago, you know, praising the transfer window, if we're being honest. We said it, we had quite a decent window. You know, Imran Luzer looked looked promising, Musa Sizoko, Danny Rose, Josh King. You know, these were all players that we were really, really excited about. And we've only seen them play for Watford for seven games. And I don't think you can judge um, a transfer window off of such a short period. So... Um, I think for me, I'm still under the impression it was a good window. But as as you said, Mike, we we really did need a little bit more cover at centre back, or um, just even by, by keeping Matty Pollock at the club, just just in case. You know, as as we saw against Leeds, Sirielt is injured. You know, Cathcart was actually out of the matchday squad entirely. So we are really light in that department. So I, I've got to disagree with George. I think that the window was still decent, even though we are in the position we're in now. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, re- you know, really chill out, everybody. It's going to be okay. That's what I would say. I um, I want to interrupt the questions a little bit. And Ben, you probably, if you if you just checked your phone as well, you've probably seen the stat that I'm about to read out. And the only reason I want to interrupt it is this is quite staggering, and it's just like wow. Um, what it, it, it's in relation to Watford's changing their manager. Um, so a chap on Twitter called Rich Jolly has pointed out that Watford have now changed manager in 2011, 2012, 2013, 2014, three times, 2015, 2016, 2017, 2018, 2019, twice, 2020, twice, and 2021. Richard then goes on to say, Graham Taylor's first spell at Watford lasted 428 games. Watford have given Deutsch, Zola, Sonino, Garcia, (laughs) McKinley, Yukanovic, Sanchez Flores twice, Mazzari, Silva, Gracia, um, Mullins twice, Pearson, Ivic and Munoz, a combined total of 427 games. So Graham Taylor's, Graham Taylor's first spell lasted longer than all of those managers I've just read out. That is absolutely astonishing. Um, it's a great stat. It is a great stat. I I do really really like him. Um, yeah, I, I do really really like that stat. But yeah, sorry to interrupt the questions. There. I just thought that was definitely worthy of of reading out. Ben, a question for you. What's the worst? I think I know the answer as well. What's the worst away day concourse you visited? Leeds yesterday's up there for me. That's from a our regular listener and friend of the pod, Hornet Shane. 
Really? I don't think you do. Okay. Um, I'm going to go Portsmouth. Oh, right. Okay. You've done Portsmouth? Yeah, I did Portsmouth. Um, God, when was it? Back when we was in the Prem, possibly. But Portsmouth, there's not much of a concourse. I think it's outside as well. Because um, you've got the, the seat in. It's all standing. You go out the back. And there's literally nowhere to stand. Um, there's not much of a concourse. You've got to go down some concrete steps to the to where the... the the toilets are and the bar and you got to queue up for steps yeah there's not much of a concourse at all so i would have taken leeds yesterday over portsmouth <laughs> i thought you were going to go palace because of the views or the oh, mate, i was gonna i was gonna say palace it's awful you know even even just the walk to the ground crap but you know the toilets are, are ranked there's not enough space to, to queue for drinks at half time it's just abysmal and then you've got them awful poles where if you're sitting far back in the stands you can't even see the pitch yeah, and Croydon's a shithole as well, so that don't help. <laughs> um, yeah, that's your answer then. I, um, I I think, in terms of views, I would say Palace. I, I did Palace. I've only done Palace once that playoff season when we won and won 3-0. Um, but the Yeovil one was weird as well. I don't know. Well, me and Ben went down twice. And obviously, there's no roof over the away ends. And I think, like... Where you get your drinks and that, it is literally just like a burger van. And like yeah. there's a, a, a portable van that sells like alcohol. So it's like, I mean, no disrespect to Yeovil, but it is Yeovil after all. So that, that one's a bit weird. But yeah, For me, you, mate, that Yeovil was better than Portsmouth. Oh, wow. Okay. Mm. <laughs> I, I would not expect that from Portsmouth. You'd think, I know it, it's quite an old-fashioned ground. I think what one of the ends is like you. it's connected to houses by the looks of it. Like, you have to walk yeah. through it. A bit like Luton in the respect of you have to walk into someone's back garden, but um, it's connected to housing, I think, Portsmouth is. One of the ends where you walk through. Um, so, yeah, that has surprised me. I was not expecting that. Um, and then the last question has come from James Hurst. Congratulations, James, by the way. Um, <laughs> he was actually a winner of a Zisco signed Golden Pages fanzine. Uh, oh, that has uh, that's that's aged very well. Uh, we hope you uh, we hope you've enjoyed that that uh, that prize that you've won, James. And uh, congratulations on that. But um, yeah, James has asked, and James, I'm going to get you to answer this one from James to start with. How many points do you realistically think we will get from our next eight games? Now, bearing in mind there's a international break, uh, and then after that we face Liverpool at home. And then we've got Everton away, Southampton, Arsenal away, Man U at home, Leicester away, and I think that's three, six, and then Chelsea at home and Man City at home as well. So out of those next eight games, how many points do you think we can get or we will get? I think we will get four points. Where are those four points coming from? So them four points are coming from a draw against Everton and a yeah. win against Southampton. Thought and then after that, after that, Arsenal, United, Leicester City, Chelsea, City, write them off. You know, Southampton, Everton for me is what we've got to target. And then after that, if we get anything else, then fantastic. That's, that's positive. Um, but I, I expect to give Everton and Southampton a good game. That, that's all I expect. As long as we put in the effort, 100% effort, um, I think we can get something from them two games. But apart from that, 
it's going to be really, really difficult. Arsenal, maybe you could target as well, just because they've, they've not had a great start. Um, but yeah, four, maybe five points at a stretch, but I can't see us getting much more than that, unfortunately. Can you not see us getting anything against Leicester? Considering they're on the... Well, they're not because they drew today, but they're only on eight points. They're only a point ahead of us, and they've had a bit of a sticky start to the season. They have, but... It's just it's just a quality of player for me. You know, we couldn't really cope with Newcastle, let alone, you know, Leicester City. So it's just, you know, may, maybe ask me a week before Leicester. might be much more positive. We might be in the top four fighting for Champions League. Who the hell knows? Uh, yeah, at the moment, I'm just, I'm really not very positive at all. Ben, next eight games, how many points? Going for five. Okay. Um, I think three points against Southampton, mm-hmm. uh, a point away at Arsenal, and a point away at Leicester. Ooh, okay. Uh, do you know what? I'd love a point away at Arsenal, purely because I'm going with my boss, and I just really want to rub it in his face if we do. Um, that's interesting. You you don't think Everton is a game we can get anything from there? No, they look quite good on the ref of Benitez, don't they, this season? And I think it would be a game too early for Ranieri to implement anything um, just yet. I think, like James said, Southampton's going to be the game where we're going to start seeing what Ranieri's going to bring to this football club. And I think that's why I've gone for a point away at um, Arsenal straight after, because I think we'll start seeing some solidarity. We're going to start seeing us being a bit more harder to break down, a bit more harder to beat. And we'll just... we'll. We'll set up to hit teams on account, just like Leicester did with Jamie Vardy and that, and we've got Ismail Lassar. So I, I just think that's how it's going to pan out for Watford now under Ranieri. Well, that's interesting. So James has gone four. Ben has gone five. I'm not going to go six. I am, in fact, going to... I'm, I'm going to be different. I'm going to say eight points. And i tell you where those eight points are coming from. I think we'll get a draw against Everton away. I think we beat Southampton at home. So there's your four points already. I think we beat, and here's the big one, we beat Man United at home. We've, we've beaten okay. Man United at home the last two, oh no, not the last two seasons, but we've beaten them at home twice, so, yeah. you know, since we've been back up. And I think we get a draw away at Leicester. I think we'll just narrowly miss out on any points against Arsenal. Um, but, yeah, I... Listen, I think people forget that every season we were in the Prem from the season we got promoted in 14-15, and I say this quite a lot, and it might be boring and people might be like, oh, he says this all the time. We beat every season a so-called Big Six side. I think that that will continue into this season as well. And Manchester United, we just seem to love playing them at home. Yes, Ronaldo's on fire, but I just think that Man United can be gotten at. Look at Everton yesterday. They got them, they got at Man United in their own backyard. So, I think we can get a win against Man United. People might call me crazy for that, but I genuinely think let's get the Vic rocking. A bit like we did when we played Man United under Nigel Pearson. A bit like we did when we played Man United under Walter Mazzari. A bit like the Vic was rocking when we beat Liverpool that night, 3-0. If we can get the Vic rocking for these games, I genuinely think we will pick up points against the big boys at home um but the others in in the eight in the in the eight game run i i, I do think that will fall short on them but i'm gonna go eight points I, I think i'll get i'll probably get a bit of stick for that on twitter but i i'm sorry i'm i'm feeling optimistic man i think 
you're always going to get a new manager bounce whenever somebody new comes in. Look at, I know this is a bit of a weird sort of comparison to make or something like that, but I look at Nottingham Forest. They were absolutely, like, they were shit. They really were. And then Steve Cooper comes in, they draw against Millwall, and then they absolutely slapped Birmingham City about yesterday. So, you know, I, I, again, bit of a weird comparison to make, but you, it just goes to show new manager bounces can happen. We've seen it before with Pearson as well. And I just think that there'll be a bit of a feel-good factor. I think there'll be a good crowd at the Liverpool game. Um, I don't, unfortunately, think we'll emulate what we did in the 2019-20 season. But I think we can give them a good game, but we'll just miss out. Liverpool are on fire at the moment. Um, but I, I think this is where we have to get the Vic rocking again and, and really get beyond the lads. And we will pick up more points than people think at home. Um, so, yeah, I'm going with eight. Um, but, yeah, that's that's all the questions that we, we can get round to answering today. Uh, we really do appreciate you sending them. Uh, look out for more tweets in the future because... We'll be asking for more questions again because we absolutely love doing them. You know, uh, we, we regularly chat in the group chat that we've got saying, shall we ask for questions this week? Shall we ask for, have we got time to ask for questions? So we do love them. Keep them coming. Also, keep listening to the podcast. We really do appreciate the support. Um, we, we cannot thank you enough. Um, and obviously, if, if you've missed your, your last couple of episodes and you've seen that James is on again today, James is going to be more of a permanent fixture um, with us here at Voices of the Vic. But don't worry, if you listen to James on the Watford way, he's still doing all of that. He's not he's not giving that up to be on here. He's, he's going to be doing uh, the Watford way stuff just as much as he does normally. Uh, but yeah, we, we thank you for listening to this. Um, big crap that we've not been able to talk about a win. Uh, but... We've got a break now and we'll be back to talk about the Liverpool game. Hopefully it's not too much of a heavy defeat for uh, what seems to be would be Claudio Ranieri who's going to take the hot seat. His first game at home to no other than Liverpool. But till then, stay safe and come on, you horns. Podcast Network.